Last week, we talked about the five W's, right? That if you are being fathered by God, your walk, your word, your worship, your whatevers, and what was the last W? Your works will all look like the fathers. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. That that if you are a child of God, and if you're being fathered by God, you will fall in sync with what God wants you to do and how He wants you to live. Amen. I told you that uh, in the in, in the thousand of years years covered in the Old Testament. God is called Father only seven times. But in the New Testament, amen, he's, he's found over 150 times. You find that Jesus called him Abba, Father. I told you that most of us, we have issues with our fathers. I wish I had somebody. Huh? You know, we had an issue, or some of us, we grew up in a single parent home or we grew up with an abusive father or we grew up with a father who was there but he wasn't spiritual. See, that's a, that's a whole nother father right there. You follow what I'm saying? You can have a father who wasn't spiritual and then some of us had a father who was spiritual but he wasn't saved. You know, he was in church and he was good at telling everybody what to do but he wasn't really living. And I want to say this to fathers today. We have a great impact, amen, in the lives of our children, in the lives of our wives. Are you with me? And one of the things I told you, I said, if our dad was abusive, emotionally distant, or physically absent, it may ha take a deliberate and perhaps even painful effort to sort through the misconceptions and learn to cling to the life-changing truths of the right kind of fathered modeled by God. See, a lot of us don't understand God because we've never really been parent. We've never been fathered. Are you with me? I asked you a question, right? I said, if you could ask your dad one question today, what would you ask him? Right? And, and, I, and then, then the other question I had was, what memories do you have? I just want to recap for a minute because I think it's important for you to catch the big picture here. The memories that you have about your dad, some of us don't even know our dad is. Uh-oh. Amen. And here's the thing. You, now, 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 that part of you is the part that you put off. And so when it comes to having a relationship with God, I understand why most men don't want to follow God. See, they don't want to follow God because they don't never had that father figure, amen, who was there for them to say, son, you can do it. And that's all we really need. 
You know, if my, if my dad would have said words like that or, or encouraged me a little bit more in my life, guess what? I think I would have been a different man today. Are you with me? But what I found out, everything that I didn't find in my earthly dad, I found it in my heavenly dad. Are you with me? And so tonight we will continue. Uh, you know, I told you we're going to use the, the acronym FATHER and uh, next week, hopefully, we'll get to the, our family status. What does it mean to be in the family of God and to be, have your daddy, which is God, amen, over you? And, and not just over you, but, but directing your life. And, and then how do you know what it's like to be a child? See, a lot of us don't know what it's like to be a child of God because we've never been really truly fathered by God. When I say that, what I'm saying to you is some people run their own lives. Come on, somebody. They got to a point when they got old enough and they're like, you know what? I don't need no more instructions. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. Life has been hard as it is. Anybody been there before? Amen. Well, you had to do what you had to do. But listen, listen, God had been there all the while. You just didn't know he was there. Right? Now, now the scripture, the scripture that we said is our base scripture is Psalm 68. If you go there to Psalm 68. Mm -mm -mm. Now, I want to say this. Uh, this stuff is when you, when you really face yourself and you are able to be honest with yourself. You know, we lack that male guidance. Amen. This is why young girls look for love in all the wrong places. Come on. This is why men think that they can give love in all the wrong places. I wish I had somebody. Because when you've never had that parental guidance, it's tough. You have to make decisions on your own. And I want to say this tonight. I believe you have to forgive your earthly father for what he hasn't done. And when you get to that point, then you can approach your heavenly father and realize that he had already forgiven you a long time ago. Amen. You just had to accept what he gave you and then now begin to live according to his plan for your life. May I say this to you? You never leave the father's house. Are you with me? You never leave the Father's house. And I know some of us are trying to get grown on God. Come on, somebody. Amen. We get grown on God and we say, you know what? I got this. I can do this by myself now. Amen. Look at, look at this. Look at Psalm 68 and, and verse 5. It says, a father to who? The fatherless and a judge for the widows is God in his holy what? Habitation. Verse 6 says, God makes a home for the what? He leads out the prisoners into what? Prosperity. Only the rebellious dwell where? See, now, now, now this, this is a good picture. The Bible says rebellion is as a witchcraft. And, and God has all kinds of children, you know. 
He has obedient children. He has disobedient children. He has rebellious children. But notice what he says. He says, if we are rebellious, we will dwell in a what? In a parched land, a desert land, right? But he says there, he says that he will take out the prisoners from being a pr prisoner to what? Prosperity. That's the kind of father he is. In other words, he doesn't hold your offense against you. What, 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 what a father. What, what a father, amen. What a father that does not hold grudges. Come on, somebody, tonight. And so, as we navigate through this study, I told you that only Jesus had the perfect father, but Roman numeral 2 no other relationship, remember I said this last week, can be as fulfilling as you and I as we develop a closer, more meaningful, listen, walk without Heavenly Father. Now, how many of you, if you could, right? you would want that type of relationship with your earthly father, if you could. Come on, come on, come on, right? But here's the thing, it's never too late. Now, some of us grew up in that home where we, our dad was there, he was emotionally healthy, we, you know, everything was good, and you turned out pretty decent. Amen. You, but you still was a sinner, though. You still had some shortcomings, right? But yet, you had a good example. But see, sometimes we can take for granted what our Father has given us. I wish I had you. So, so here's the thing. For to know God as our Father, watch this, is to know life as he what? Intended it. So now what I want to move to tonight is talking about Knowing him. In order for him to be your father, you got to get to know him. Now, now, I know a lot of people that go to church. I know a lot of people in church will say to me, Pastor, I know God. If you really knew God as your father, why are you still living in sin? You had to clear your throat on that one. <laughs> Listen, and sin ain't no bad word, you know what I mean? It just keeps you away from going to heaven, that's all. <laughs> you know, ain't no bad word, you know. And every time we think about sin, what do we think about? Sex. But that ain't the case. Right? Watch this. To know God as your father is to what? is to know life as he intended it to be. That's rich to me. When I say it's rich, it's like this. When I discover who he is, see, I, I learned something the other night. When I don't depend on him, that's pride. Watch this. It's prideful because he says, I'm in control of everything. All you got to do is trust me, but you choose 
to take matters in your own hands. It's prideful not to trust him. It's pride that keeps us from living the life that he intended it to be. I wish I had somebody. Go to, go to Malachi for me. Malachi chapter 2. Mal Malachi. Malachi chapter 2. I want to show you something. <laughs> Watch this. Go to verse 8. But let's go to verse 7 because I think verse 7 is appropriate. Somebody read. Where's the mics? We got a bunch of mics around here. Let's, if you're going to read, read in the mic for me. I think I got one. Oh, we got one? Where is it? Okay. All right. What does it say? For the lips of the what? Shall do what? Preserve what? Go ahead. Whoever's going to read. Who's going to read? We're going to read for him. For the lips of the priest. Go ahead. Give it to this sister right here. She want to read. And, and what? Okay, let me, let, me, let me clue you in on something. How does your father speak to you? Ah, uh, see? Y'all want to say the word, huh? What'd you say? Not what I'm talking about. He speaks to, you know why God gave you the priest? Because God knows that you and I, we have a need for that physical aspect of him, being father. I hugged Deacon Heard today. I said, I'm your daddy, boy. I, <laughs> he said, Pastor, you didn't like my daddy. I said, yeah, come here, boy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, you're right. You know what I mean? You know, and then he started to explain, you know what I'm saying? But, but his thing, his thing, God gives us a, a, a manifest presence, right, of, of his word through the man of God, right? Watch this. Because he wants you to know that I can still love you, I can still reach you. You follow what I'm saying? Even though I'm not present. I wish I had somebody. That's why he says that the lips of the priest should what? Preserve what? And what? And men should seek what? Instruction from his mouth. From his what? His mouth. Keep reading. For he is a messenger of the Lord. He is a who? Messenger. He didn't say he was your father. He says he's a what? A messenger of the Lord. Verse 8. Verse 8. Look at, the, look at verse 8 though. But as for you... You have turned aside from the way. You have caused many to stumble by the what? Instructions. Now, let me tell you what was happening here. The priests had lost their minds. The priests had stopped ministering God's word, and they were ministering, watch this, by their own words. 
They were ministering for gain. They were telling people that you could just do this to have a relationship with God. They were not, they had lost their way. And oftentimes that's what happens to most preachers. They, they don't understand the responsibility that they hold when they stand here to teach God's word. People are counting on you, pastor, to make sure that you do it right. I just finished teaching some, some students of mine about study today and the importance and the diligence that you need and the dedication that you need and the determination that you need to, in order to deliver God's word to God's people. It's critical that, watch this, if you're going to have a relationship with your father, you need to know that the man that you're following, amen, that he's got it right. Because your soul salvation and your relationship to your father depends on it. Are you with me? And we find today that many people are following people who are into being famous and being into popular and, and they're preaching a gospel, an entertainment gospel, rather than a gospel that's true and unadulterated and real. Are you with me? Watch this. He says, you have corrupted the covenant of Levi, says the Lord of hosts. So I also have made you what? Despised and debased before all the people, just as you are not keeping my ways, but you are showing partiality in the instruction. Everybody think that Malachi is all about money, Malichi. That's the only passage we quote from Malachi. Will a man rob God? But we didn't talk about what happened in chapter 2, how the preachers were speaking for their own gain. Listen, what, look what it says. It says here, the text says that they were showing partiality in their what? instructions. You know what they were doing? You know that word partiality means? It means literally they were bringing what they wanted to bring. They were teaching for their own gain. But that's not the father that we serve. Let's go on now to verse 10. Do we not all have Oh, I wish I had somebody. Now, see, here's the thing, right? Oh, this is rich. This is so rich. What Malachi is saying to the priest, man, listen, you don't have no special relationship with God that I don't have. I wish I had somebody. This is why it's so important to learn how to study the word. He says, we have one father, don't we? And the same father that you think that you're fooling is the same father that I have. So guess what? You can't run to him and tell him something different, and I run to him and tell him something. You know, kids do that kind of stuff, right? You know what I mean? And tell me something different, and then guess what? I believe him over you. No. So I want you to understand what this relationship is all about. Your relationship with your heavenly father is about honesty. He says, do we not have one father? 
Watch this. Has not one God created us? Come on, somebody. Now, now, now watch this. He, he formed you. He created you. He says, he says so, so why do you deal treacherously each against his brother so as to profane the covenants of what? Our fathers. Why are we against each other? Now watch this. You have spiritual fights. <laughs> one person saying one thing, another person saying another thing, and we're not saying what God says. Right? Watch this. Go to Psalm 139 for me. Is that deep? That Malachi is heavy. Psalm 139 for me. Here's a reason why we ought not to show partiality. Go, go to, uh, well, let's go to verse 1. Look what he says. Oh, Lord, you have what? And you have what? May I say this to you? The one person that knows every fiber in your body that knows everything, even what you're thinking right now is your father. See, there are things that we don't know about our children. They hide it from us. Amen. When, when your children get a little older, you're going to find out about that. You'll find out how conniving and sneaky they are. You'll be like, thank God, is that my child? I know I done taught him better. Amen. Stuff you don't know, you're like, I don't want to know. <laughs> you find out, I don't want to know that. You're like, man, is that my child? But the one thing about your head, this is the part you got to get. The one thing that you have to get good with is he knows you. See, he knows you. And see, I don't try to prove myself to anybody because I know who knows me. Are you with me? So we can stop trying to get validation from anybody else because guess what? God knows the real you. I'm not talking about the one who put on that mask today. I'm not talking about the one who hides behind their hurts. The one who hides behind their pain. The one who hides behind low self-esteem. The one who makes cracks jokes all the time to avoid dealing with real issues. I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about he knows you. Look what he says. He says, he says, Lord, Lord, you have searched me and you know me when I sit down and when I what? You understand my thought from where? You scrutinize, you scrutinize. You, you, know what, you know what the word scrutinize means? Here's the Hebrew picture for it. It's a fan. And what he does is he fans at your path until all that junk is out of the way and he can see 
who you really are and what path you're on. He fans. It's a fan. That's, what, that's how he scrutinizes it. See, the wind itself blows away on that foundation that you're standing on. Your daddy knows. That's what it means to scrutinize in the Hebrew. The word is zarach in the Hebrew. To fan at it. He scrutinized my path and my lying down. And or what? Intimately what? Acquainted with what? That Hebrew word is derek. Way. And let me tell you what that is. That's the way you live. Listen, there's no secret about you before God. Uh, no, there's no mystery about you. He knows you. And, and, and why am I bringing this up? Because as a father, that's what we should be doing with our earthly children. We should be scrutinizing their ways. We, we should be intimately acquainted with all their ways. We should be fanning at their path to make sure that they're not fooling us. We, 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 we ought not to be passive in our parenting, amen? We should be involved in it so that we can guide our children to the right way. But here's the thing. He says, even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all. Now, that, you know what? That's, you know, God's got a hard, well, I, well, he got an easy job. He knows what you're going to say next. He knows your next words out your mouth. Now, if that isn't intriguing to you, Amen. I don't know what is. And so here's the thing. Because I know this thing, these things about my father, I ought to be careful what I say. Lord, change the way I talk. See, this relationship with your father, right, he knew the next thing that was going to happen to you. But here's the thing. The last thing that happened to you, your response proved who you really were. And sometimes he has to allow certain things in your life to show you that you need to grow in that area. Are you with me? Look what he says. Look what he says. He says, he says, he says, before, before there's a word on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it. Verse 5, you have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? Now, here's the other thing about your daddy. You can't shake him. And that's what happens to us. When sin gets into our lives, guess what? We hide from his presence. Or so we think. But you can't shake him. Oh, thank God for my daddy. Now, you know what happens. You know what, ha you, you know what happens when you let your dad down, right? You remember that first time you let your parents down? 
didn't feel good, right? You try to hide it, try to cover it up. You follow what I'm saying? And I think that that's what we keep trying to do with God. But guess what? You can try to cover it all, all you want. He already sees it. So if he knows all my ways and he sees my path, why am I trying to hide? I might as well just come clean. Come on, somebody. I might as well say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Why? Because he already knows. Isn't that something? Look what he says. He says, if I ascend to what? Heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, you, behold, you're there. If I take the wings of the dawn and dwell in the remotest part of the sea, even there, you can run, but you can't hide, baby. Now, what, now to think about this for a minute, right? To think about who our daddy is, who our heavenly father is in this context, it, it gives me great assurance. Here's what it gives me great assurance of. That no matter what I'm facing right now, that my daddy knows about it. That no matter how life may look right now, my relationship to him is very important because he knows all about it. He says, if I try to run to the remotest part of the sea, Jonah tried that and ended up in the belly of the fish. I wish I had somebody. You see, here's the thing. You can try all your life to escape the reality, watch this, that you have to have this one-on-one -on -one with him. At some point, if, and let me say this, you may not have to do it now, but one day you and I have an appointment we have to make. And the Bible says we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ to give an account for what we have done, watch this, in this body. So here's the thing. So while living now on earth, I have an opportunity, amen, to develop this relationship with him and be open with him. Lord, this is who I am. I told you Sunday that one of the things that you must learn to do in your prayer time is what? Pour out. Pour out. Tell them how you feel. Tell him how you hurt, how you hurt. Tell him, amen, the pain that you feel. No other relationship can be as fulfilling as this relationship. Why? Because he's got one up on us. He knows everything about us. I don't know why people lie to God all the time. They lie to the preacher. I'll be there next week, Pastor. Amen. I, I don't understand. You know, here's the thing. When you understand how awesome a relationship it is, you know that even though you don't see it, you can believe it because it takes faith. Now, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into how to please your daddy here. But watch this. Look at verse 10. Even there, your hand, your what? hand will do what? It will lead me. Oh my gosh. Just imagine being led by your father's hands. Oh come on somebody. 
Just imagine being led by him. See, here's the thing. We says, he says, your hand will lead me, your right hand will what? Lay hold of me. Gosh, man, listen, I wish I knew this when I was young. I wish I knew this. I wish somebody would have stopped me and said, man, listen, God is the one leading you, man. You have a father. Yeah, my parents left me. My, my mom abandoned me. But I didn't know that it was God's hands that was orchestrating and pushing and pulling and putting people in the right place. And amen, this, this deals with his omnipresence and his sovereignty. When I say sovereignty, I mean he reigns, he rules, he's in control of everything in my life. So why can't I be open with him? What's stopping me from totally committing to him? Why am I so hesitant when it comes down to giving him all that I have? That's a good question, isn't it? If he knows, no, because he knows. And because he leads me and guides the way that I live... And look at it, he says his right hand. Now, the right hand, watch this, the right hand represents something. You know what it represents? Sonship. Daughtership. <laughs> Power. Provision. Protection. Amen. But it represents the fact that if his right hand is upon you, you are my child. My, my dad never gave me that. But God gave me his right hand. Guiding me along the way in this life. Taking care of me when I, when I didn't think that I would make it. Hey, 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 this is some real stuff right here. Watch what he says. He says, if I say surely darkness will overwhelm me and the light around me will, not, will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Now, watch this. When you're being guided by him, even your darkest days are not dark to him. That's why it says, even though I walk through the, the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. So here's what we have to learn to do with our heavenly father. We have to learn to walk through those dark places. Watch this. Not afraid, but holding on to our daddy. And allowing him to guide us through the darkness. See, we allow the darkness to put fear in us. And when we have fear, it is the opposite of faith. And without faith, you cannot please your daddy. But while I'm walking through the darkness of my life, he says, 
it's not dark to my daddy. So now that I know that he has infrared vision, come on somebody, he's got something nobody else has. All I got to do is stand behind him and walk with him. I'm going somewhere. Who wouldn't love a father like that? Thank you, Father. That even in my darkness, I know you see. And I can stand behind you and you can navigate me through these dark times of my life. Nobody said it would be easy. I'm going to say it one more time. Nobody said it would be easy. And listen, the times that are hard in your Christian life, it's time that those are the times that he is changing you. Listen, transforming you. Bringing you to a place where you can say, man, listen, I, I know my father. I know him. Watch this now. He says, darkness and light are alike to you. This is the part I want to get to right here. Verse 13. Look what he says. For you did what? For you did what? You formed my inner parts. You did what? You wove me. That word means... Shakak in the Hebrew, the word means to weave together. You wove me where? <laughs> Man, that's deep to me. Your daddy has had his hands on you even when you were not even formed yet. And you may say, I don't like the way I looked. I don't like the way I feel. I don't like this. I don't like this about myself. I don't like that about myself. Let me tell you what life does to you. It makes you ugly. Come on, somebody. But you got to make sure that you don't allow it to affect your beauty. Amen. You have to make sure that you don't allow the things that the world says that you're supposed to be. That's not what you're matching it against. He says, I, I, listen, who's responsible? Not your earthly daddy, not your mama. They were just vehicles. But he says, I wove you. Amen. So if I wove you in your mother's womb, don't you not think that as your father, I can give you everything that your heart desires if you depend on me? But listen, I'm not even asking you to do that. I'm just asking you to be a child. Fathered by God. Fathered by God. But see, our earthly fathers messed that up. Amen. They did. They messed that up, man. They messed it up. So now you have a hard time connecting with God because your earthly daddy didn't provide you with all those important things. Can I say something to you? If you have children, hug your children. 
Hold your children. Here's another thing. Here's another thing. It doesn't cost you anything. Tell them they're doing good. Tell them they're going to mess up. and they, You know, don't always fuss at them. Don't always talk down on them. Don't always beat them down. But encourage them. And here's the thing. If you're not getting it from your father, you got to look to God's word for that. Watch what he says. Watch what he says. He says, I will give thanks to you. For I am what? Fearfully. And what? Wonderfully made. Now, now let me say this. See, what has happened, sin has crept in through Adam. And, and that's the reason why we are headed to the grave right now. But God's original intent was to, he made you perfect. This is why it's so important, watch this, when you're young, but see, young people don't understand stuff till they get older. <laughs> listen, if you can, listen, at 25, I gave my life to Jesus. And I wasn't playing with him. I wasn't playing with him. I was serious. I, want, I wanted to know him. I wanted to dedicate myself to him. I wanted to be a son. I, wanted, I didn't even know what I needed, but I knew I needed him. I went back to the one who made me. Come on, somebody. Not the one that brought me to the world. I'm talking about the one who made me. Now, 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 here's the thing. If you want to discover what your purpose is, go back to the one who made you. And he'll show you why. Because he says you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And listen, some of us have low self-esteem. We have a low view of ourselves. So guess what we do? We put on a lot of stuff to make ourselves look better, but inside we have pain. But what if you were to go one day without putting all that stuff on? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Amen. The purge will come through. <laughs> but like, woo, Lord have mercy. See, beauty is not on the outside only. Now, now here's the thing. You have to know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You got to start saying that. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know I'm marred with sin, but guess what? I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. God made me this way. If you don't like me, move around. If you don't feel me, then guess what? I ain't got nothing for you. If you can't accept me the way I am, then you can't appreciate what my father has done. He says, I'm fearfully and what? You got to try to say that one more time. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. See, how does that feel? Feels good, doesn't it? It's good to know that you were created by him. And then he says, wonderful are your what? 
See what God created? It's wonderful. Yeah, wonderful are your works. You, you ever been uncomfortable in your own skin? Anybody? Y'all ain't trying to hear me. You, you ever wish you were taller, shorter, wider? <laughs> Nobody want to be wider, but... <laughs> huh? Smaller? <laughs> you, you ever look at yourself and say, I wish... Hear me, man. I don't think y'all hear me. Amen. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. What God created is good. You're wonderful and fearfully made. Watch this. And wonderful, watch this, are your works. And look what he says. And my soul knows it well. Now watch this. If you don't know your daddy, you won't have this confidence to claim this promise. I wish I had somebody. Because you will always be walking around trying to prove something to somebody. Fathers don't know how much damage they do to their children. But, but my daddy is saying to me, hey, hey, I made you. I don't get the big head now, John. Hey, he over there, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and I know it so. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that, but here's the thing. Look what he said now. He said, my soul knows it very well. Look at verse 15. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in what? Seemed like God does a lot of things in secret, doesn't it? And skillfully wroth in the what? Depths of the earth. Verse 16. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. You know what it was? Dirt. That's what he says. You skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. We came from the dust. And we're going back. Glorified dirt. That's all we are. That's all we are. That's why you got to learn how to live, okay, like you have a daddy, not as an illegitimate child. Amen. Appreciating what he has done for you and what he's going to do in the future. Look what he says. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance. Watch this. And in your book, this is the part that really got me. Were written, were all written, the days, now this, this is the part I want to show you right here. The days that were what? Now, let me share something with you. Let me share some heavy stuff for you, with you tonight. Every single day of your life has already, the book has already been written about you. Every single day. But then God left it up to you to make that choice. What you're going to do with each day. See, he doesn't want to control your life. Amen. 
He wants you to appreciate what he's given you. And then realize that there's a purpose for you. Oh, come on, somebody. And in that purpose, as your father, he will try to guide you. Right? Because, because look what it says. Look what it says. It says what? Read it for me. Yeah, read that for me. Somebody read it. The, the what? The days that were what? No, no, no. Back up. Back up. What did it say? Your eyes have what? Okay, keep reading. In your what? So he has a book. Your daddy has a book with your name on it. Uh-oh. Put a ring on it. There's a book. There's a book. This is my life. <laughs> Robert Lynch. This is my life. Now, here's the question I have for you. What does chapter one look like? Well, let's back up. What does the introduction look like? And most of us, right? Watch this. The first half of the book, it's all about depravity. Because we were born in sin. Now, here's what he wants to do. Here's what he wants. Here's, here's how the book is written. So, every day of your life has been written. There's a story, right? There are two stories. There's the story of you living according to his will. And then there's another story where you are writing the chapters. Every parent has a plan for their children. They're trying to write. Every parent here if it was up to me, my girls wouldn't go nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, <laughs> they wouldn't even leave the house. <laughs> That's what I wrote. <laughs> I had to chill out. I had to, whoo, I had to, boy, listen. I, when they were little, I wasn't worried about none of that. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Now they starting to, you know, fill out and start getting a little taller and shorter. And you know what I mean? You know. I start saying, man, hold on now. We got to write this thing differently. <laughs> and I was watching this guy, this pastor. He confronted this, this, this guy, this 28-year-old man who was dating his, his daughter who was 18. Right? And so he met with him like, you know, he's like, he's like yeah, um, are you having sex with my daughter? Well, yeah, you know, we, we, we did he said, bro, I want to tell you, he said, you better tread lightly. He said, is that a threat? See, and then he started getting arrogant, right? He started getting all upset, like the, the, the guy, you know what I mean? And the dad's like, man, bro, you better slow it down. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? See, here's what I want to tell you. The devil has a book also. And he wants to write your name in his book. 
He does. He, he, wants to, he wants to change the story. But, but guess what? God is in full control. Listen, it's easy for me to tell you tonight that, listen, listen, it's easy to submit. No, no, listen, this is a tough work, y'all. Let me tell you something. With the world out there and all the stuff that the world offers me, guess what? It's a little tough sometimes being a child of God. But may I say this to you? I want it to be said. When I close my eyes and the last chapter is written. That he obeyed his daddy. The question I have for you tonight. What story is being written about you? We all have sin. We fall short of the glory of God and all this other stuff. But here's the question. All of your days and in your book were written all the days that were ordained for me. Watch this. When as yet there was not one of them. You're saying to yourself, I hate my life. You're struggling in this life. You know why? Because you're not on, in the same book. <laughs> you're not on the same chapter. And when we surrender, we are, we are now back in sync with what he has written. Now here's the thing. What he has written doesn't always mean that you're going to be happy all the time. Because here's how the chapters flow. Up, down, valley, up, down. Okay? Until you reach maturity, then you're able to take the hits and be like, okay, I'll take that one. I'll take that one for the team. And guess what? Even that is written in the book. So whatever he writes, he said, before you had one day, here's the thing. If you could start over your book today. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If you could start over your book today, what would your introduction look like? What would chapter one consist of? See, here's the thing. He already has your book. It's complete. The moment you were born, it was just opened up. That's all. And what he wants to do as your father is that he wants you to live according to the book that he has your name in, that he has every single day, every single hour, every single second, every single minute, it's all there. So daddy, teach me. Teach me to live on the chapters that you have written and not the ones that I'm trying to write. Because if you had your way tonight, oh, Lord, 
Come on, somebody. If you had your way tonight, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. If you had your way tonight, you wouldn't write it the way it is right now. Isn't it amazing? When I ask people, when I, do, when I deal with this, right, and I ask people to write the, chap, the first chapter of their life, it's always about success. But the first chapter should be, Lord, teach me to know you. Show me how to know you. Show me how to live for you. Show me how to submit to you. Show me how to pray to you. Show me how to give up myself. Show me how to surrender my life. Show me how. Lord, in this chapter, I want it to be all about knowing you. Because the more I know you, the rest of the story it's going to go well. Is that deep? Look what he says. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How vast is the sum of them. If I should count them, they would outnumber the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked. Oh, God, depart from me, therefore, men of bloodshed. For they speak against you wickedly, and your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O oh Lord? And do I not loathe those who raise up against you? I hate the, now notice he uses a strong language here. He says, I hate them with, uttermost, with the uttermost hatred that they have become my enemies. Search me. This is it right here. This is it right here. This is it right here. Search me, oh God. Search me, daddy. Before I had one day of life, you had already written it. Ain't that something? I messed up the first half. That's going to be my second book. I got to get the first one written, but let me. The second book is going to be your second half is going to be better. Everywhere I look in scripture, I see it's always the second half. Peter messed up. But all of his days was written. Here's why God could say this about Paul. Do not fear him. For he is a chosen instrument of mine to do my will. So if my daddy already knows my whole life story, why can I not come to him and say, Daddy, I want to start over. 
I want to start over. I want to, I want to start over. I want to live as if I really belong to you. You know, you know, as I close, a lot of people say they know God. But that's not how the story is going in their life. That's my daddy. Is it really? Because the way you act, it seemed like he your sugar daddy, not your daddy. Because you only come when you want something from him. Oh, I don't think you're here, man. I was going to say something else. I, I was clean there. I was going to say pimp. I said it, didn't I? And the moment that we get what we want from him, Some of us, that's the kind of children we are to our earthly father. We get what we want. And that's all, all that's, that's, that's as far as the relationship goes. But tonight, I want to pray for you. That you would begin to write a different story. That you would get on the same page as your daddy. So he can parent you. So that he can shepherd you. Tonight I want to pray for you. That you would find fulfillment. In this relationship that you have with. Yeah, I know you suffer, but guess what? His hands is with you. He sees you. And he's ready to transform you. Tonight, I want to pray for you tonight. If you want to come tonight.